I don't know what your refrigerator looks like, but mine is covered with pictures of my family and friends, as well as reminders of upcoming activities that are very important to me. Every time I go to the refrigerator, I see reminders of how much I love my children and you are waiting for this, I know, my precious grandson, Daniel. <laughs> you know, while preparing for this sermon, I concluded, if God has a refrigerator, your picture is on it. Today, we look at Psalm 139, and I believe that this psalm is at the very foundation of our faith. It was written as a prayer that God's people for thousands of years have prayed. When life is going well, when things are in order, when we think we have some control over life, we are assured of the reality, of the truthfulness of these words. When there is an epidemic of health and well-being, we pray the words with bold confidence. But David, I believe, with all his heart, believed that God would be with him even in the most God-forsaken times. Listen to a paraphrase of my favorite of all Psalms, 139. When I feel as if I'm going over the edge and the bottom is falling out beneath me, I'll not be afraid because you, O oh God, will be there to hold me up when I fall. When I am lost in the dark and can't find my way and I'm afraid I'm going to stumble and break, you, O oh God, will take my hand and lead me through. Even when life is hell on earth, I trust you, God. I trust you to be there. I trust you to be there with me always. The psalmist's prayer speaks to our needs and our hurts. And the words invite us to know no matter what roads you have taken, and though you may not know where those roads are going to lead or where they will end, you are living always in the circle of God's loving presence. And you will never, never hear it again. You will never face your perils alone. We hear David's words of praise and wonder. It's too wonderful for me, he says as he praises God for that great grace of being fully, absolutely known and treasured. I can make no sense of it, David says. As we pray this psalm, I believe we can have that same wonder, maybe even that same disbelief that David speaks of. Yet we can also know deep in our hearts as we pray that we are known, that we are delighted by God and treasured, that the creator of the universe created us and said it was very good. The psalmist reminds us that no matter where you are, whatever funk you are in, God knows you and God knows what you are capable of. What are your strengths and what lies hidden even from your own view? You know, we don't know ourselves very well. It can be intimidating to think that God knows us 100% completely. But it can also be a big relief to know that God knows us 
100% completely. I really do believe that our pictures are on God's refrigerator. No matter what stumbling blocks you have before you, the psalmist reminds us repeatedly that God is with us in the midst of them. In other words, we cannot escape God's loving presence. It meets us wherever we go. Even if I try to run away and hide, the psalmist says, no, you can't do that. God knows where you are. God indeed is already there waiting for you. Is that your experience of God? Some people will answer, yes, that is my experience. There have been times in my life when I have been aware of God's presence and times have been really difficult. Even though I've gone through those hard times, especially in those hard times, I've known that God was present with me. Many other people, however, will answer something like this. No, that's not always my experience. There have been times in my life when I felt God's presence, or at least I strongly suspected it was with me. But there have been other times when I can't feel God at all. Which one is your experience? Maybe it's a little bit of both. There are times when prayer is easy, it's spontaneous, it's even exciting. And there are times when prayer is dull, times when thoughts become jumbled, words won't come, heaven seems distant, God seems absent. Sometimes when I read this psalm, I begin to think of all the things God must be concerned with in our world, and I am faced with the question, does God really have time to care about me? And isn't this the focus of David in Psalm 139? David would answer, yes, 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 always God has time to care for you. You know, I have a hard time remembering what I've had to eat yesterday. You might even have a hard time remembering what last Sunday's sermon was. Sorry, Scott. (laughs) But God remembers when you sit down and when you rise up. God knows your thoughts before they're even words on your tongue. It boggles my mind. I'm thankful this psalm is written in the first person singular because it wouldn't have the same impact if it read, O Lord, you have searched us and known us. Rather, the wonder of it is, it says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. I don't always feel like God knows me or is present with me. Fortunately, God's presence and activity in my life, God's love and care for me, doesn't depend on how I'm feeling at the moment. God's love and care and presence and activity in your life doesn't depend on how you're feeling in the moment. The promise is that God is always with us. God knows us completely. Now, I don't know about you, but there are times when I don't want people to know what I'm thinking or feeling. For sure, I don't want God to know. 
Understanding that God knows everything about us can either be alarming or reassuring. Sometimes it's both. The awareness that he knows things can be frightening or depressing if there are things in our lives that are not pleasing to the Lord. And let's be honest, there are, aren't there? We can't hide from God. The last time I preached, remember I showed you some wonderful pictures on the wall of my grandson Daniel. And when I told him that I had shown those pictures, he thought for a moment and then he said, well, did they like me? Isn't that the question we have when we hear the words, God, you have searched me and known me. My thoughts are known to you. You know what I will say. Lord, knowing that, having all that knowledge about me, do you still really like me? How do you feel when I ask you that? Do you ever have that wonder, Lord, you know me so well. Do you still really like me? Are you really going to be with me? I suppose if we are honest with ourselves, and the psalmist already tells us that God already knows our thoughts, so we might as well be honest. The question we really want to ask is, where is God in my suffering? Where is God when my spouse dies? Where is God when my child is born with multiple mental and physical anomalies? Or is not born at all? Where is God when my job is downsized? Where is God when the diagnosis is cancer and the future is very uncertain? We aren't the first people to ask God this question. David, in the very first verse of Psalm 22, asked the same question you may have felt like asking. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Notice David is not asking if there is a God. David knows that God exists. But what good does it do if God exists out there somewhere? We want to know that God is present right here. It's precisely because we believe that God exists that it hurts so much when God seems to be absent in our time of trouble. Many times I asked, where is God when my marriage ended in heartbreak and divorce? If God is so present in my life, if I'm so precious, where is God in my pain and suffering? One of the reasons I like looking at the Psalms is because they cause me to stop and reflect and look back on the times when I can say, at first it didn't feel like God cared or was with me, but now I can see the many, many ways, ways too numerous to count, more than the sand on the beach, that God was with me. What first comes to mind are the wonderful people in the church that God surrounded me with. But mostly I remember Wendy. Wendy was a friend from seminary who, even though she moved halfway across the country, when she heard that I was so struggling and heartbroken, she called me every day for two years. Every day. Do you know how I longed for that phone call? Sometimes it was just to say, hi, Dana, it's me, I love you. 
and then she'd hang up. And it was enough. And I knew without a doubt that through her, God was present with me, just as close as the air I breathed. And so when I struggle now, I can look back and say, the God who was faithful in my past, I trust that God with my future, Therefore, I can put the present in God's loving hands and believe with the psalmist, O Lord, you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful, I can hardly believe it. David believed with all his heart that God would be with him even in those most God-forsaken situations. Knowing David could rail at God, could say, God, why have you abandoned me? Make Psalm 139 even more beautiful and potent for me. Some people I know think any person who questions God might be losing her faith. No. Only somebody who trusts God to be there gets hurt when God seems absent. Only a person of faith dares to cry, God, where are you? It's normal to question and to doubt. When you are hurting and feeling vulnerable, because God knows you so well, God accepts those feelings. God doesn't promise you will never suffer. Life is joy and sorrow. It's laughter and tears. So what does God promise to us? I think David's psalm says clearly, God promises to remain with you in your suffering. I will never leave or forsake you. I will be with you always, says the Lord, even to the end of the age. We've been taught that God stays with us through the tough times when the road is long and rocky. Yet when we reach those dark and rough places, doubt can still creep in. And I believe that's Satan at work using fear and isolation to lure us away from your faithfulness in God. But God does not abandon us. God cares and is present always. Sometimes it's in those very little things that we can almost overlook. The encouraging note in the mail, just when you need it, and God is with you. That phone call to ask, how are you doing When you've been sick, God with you. The friends who attend the funeral of your loved one to offer support, God with you. The pastor who comes to the hospital at night when you call, God with you. Such acts of concern and love are ways God's love and help and presence are very real to us. It's the way God's hand reaches into our lives and touches and heals those hurting places, bringing healing to our pain. A friend who believes in you can get you through when you no longer believe in yourself. God with you, you'll be okay. I'd like to invite you to take a hold of Psalm 139 and pray it for yourself. When I am most at loose ends and wondering where is God in my life, that's the psalm that I'm drawn to. And sometimes I have to read it again and again and again until it is really my own and lives in my heart. 
it means you're never going to be alone. God will always be with you. You are precious to God, the God who created you, who was there before you took your first breath, who walks with you each day of your life, didn't create you and say, oops, mistake, let me try again. No, God looked upon you and said, it is very good. I love you. You are precious to me. You'll be okay. I am with you. Do you believe that today? I guess that's what it comes down to. That very basic question. Do you believe God's word? My point is that we so readily accept this fact without question so much of what we read in the newspapers and hear on TV that it is only meant as hype or to sway our opinion or to get us to buy something or to support something. It wants to change or influence our behavior. If you look at marketing budgets, you'll see that it really works. One of my favorite beverages is Snapple. And even Snapple has started taking the caps and inside they're writing what they title real facts. And I've got to tell you, I buy Snapple because I like the drink, but I must admit, I read those real facts. And sometimes I even wonder, gosh, I didn't know that. Here are just a few. One out of eight residents in the United States live in California. I've moved from California. I can believe that. It's pretty crowded. Snoopy is the most common dog name beginning with the letter S. Each year, the average American eats about 15 pounds of apples. That's not too bad, I guess. New evidence has been uncovered that God really created Eve first. I made that one up. (laughs) I wanted to see if you were still paying attention. (laughs) Can you believe that Snapple put all that money into putting those very trivial facts? How much more important is the word of God? Have you ever wondered, can it be true? We'll believe Snapple facts, but we'll question the Bible. I invite you today to read Psalm 139 and believe God's word to you. Life can be hard. I know it can be tough, and yet I am convinced with all of my heart that life is good. That life is a miracle and that life is precious and a sacred gift from God. And with the help of God, we can say each morning, this too is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen.